You've got it tuned to KPIG 107.5 Freedom, California, KPYG 94.9 Cayucas, San Luis Obispo, and streaming commercial free on the web at kpig.com. And now with no further ado, we've been talking for a while and I've been teasing you with it, but Jesse Dayton is here in the sty. Welcome, Jesse. Hey, man. How are you? Good and good to meet you finally. Yeah. 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 Thanks for the love on the radio. We're big, big fans here at KPIG. Thanks, man. I'm a big fan of K-Pig. I walk in this studio and I look around and I see all these guys from Texas that I grew up around. Some and, of your uh, best friends are probably in here. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, Robert Keane and Ryan Bingham and Rodney Crowell and just goes on and on. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's a good place to be. So I want to plug this a couple of times. You played at Moe's Alley last night with the Blasters and you're headed south this afternoon i think yeah we're going we're playing the siren uh in morrow bay it's our it's our last show with the blasters we've just done 17 shows with them and then we head off on our own and do some festivals and then we're we're out for a long one on this we're not home till the end of october it sounds like you're pretty much always on the road or quite often well it looks like i am but i actually get little breaks where Mm -hmm. i'll fly home and i can like you know, have some semblance of a, you know, domestic bliss. That's good. If you will. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on um, besides the music. So I have to keep that stuff happening too. Right. Yeah. And um, again, for the for our, our slow listeners, Morro Bay, the siren tonight. And K-Pig reaches down there. So they're listening. Oh, cool. They're listening as we speak. Great. Yeah. Last night was great. We had a bunch of people that came up and said, hey, I hear you on K-Pig, brother. That's cool. And then tonight is the last big show. People should really go see it tonight. It's great. Phil Alvin, his voice has never been better. And, you know, I love those guys. I met him when I was 18 in Houston. Wow. And uh, so, A couple of years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Been been a bit. (laughs) We were talking to you. So you've been, I wanted to go back through your bio a little bit. We, We know you from your music, but I think people don't know. You've been playing since you were about 15, sneaking into clubs pretty much your entire, and pretty much your entire life you've been a guitar player. Yeah, my entire life. I mean, um, you know, except when I was a little kid, we had mandatory piano lessons. You know, my parents were the first ones to make it out of the oil field and kind of go to college, went to University of Texas, and they wanted to raise their kids around, you know, uh, you know, uh, some kind of academia, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, as you can hear from my voice, we have not lost our colloquial uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but but it's, uh, brand, it's brand compliant. It works for Jesse Dayton. It so. works, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're well-read rednecks, I guess. Is I like you that. Say that. Yeah. Good song title, too. <laughs> and um, so, I, I, you know, you've, and you've recorded with, well, we were talking earlier, too. You were in town recently, well, a couple of months back with Ryan Bingham at that show, and that was really fun. That was great. Yeah, well, I've known me and Ryan met at a hot rod shop in Houston, Texas, before anyone knew who he was, mm-hmm. and uh, it was so amazing because he came to Austin to play a show, and he was playing a happy hour gig. There's like five people in the crowd, and and uh, so we started talking. And he said, "Yeah, man, I was a." a a, a trick rider, trick pony rider for the Wild Wheel. That's right. Buffalo, he was a rodeo guy for the Buffalo Bill Wild West show in Paris, and I was like, "Wow, that's the stuff they caught Dylan lying about." Yeah, because remember when Lil, Dylan was trying to make himself sound more interesting? He was like, right. "I ran off with the rodeo man." Yeah, and, but, uh, but Bingham but really Bingham did that. Actually, did that. Yeah, yeah. so it's, he's I'm, got cred. I love Ryan, man. 
That was cool. That was a great show. I was sitting there with Jesse Daniel, a local songwriter. He goes, that's Jesse Dayton up there. I mean, maybe he'll play something. But you were the, you were the hired <laughs> gun on that gig. But it was a great show. Well, that's always been my way. You know, I, um, I, um, I got discovered by Waylon Jennings on this right, right. talk show um, that I was playing guitar on. And he just called me at this, like, burned-out hotel outside of Nashville. And <laughs> Things have not been the same since. That's you know? awesome. And, you, and you've recorded with, I think I wrote this down, Willie and Waylon and Johnny Cash and Glenn Campbell. And I, was it Ray Price, too, I think you worked yeah, with? Yeah, Ray Price. Uh, just, you know, a, bu a bunch of guys. And that was probably know? like in your early days? Yeah, that was in my 20s. Wow. Um, but, you know, when I first got to Austin, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a guy who was doing an impeccable uh, impression of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Right. And right. I showed up playing like Jerry Reed and playing this kind of chicken-picking hillbilly stuff. And right. It was, it was not cool at the time. What year was this, roughly? Uh, this was like 89, okay, yeah, 90, yeah. you know. And now it's cool again, but back then it was a whole different era. Yeah, this was pre-Rick Rubin, before all the punk rockers had a picture of Johnny Cash shooting the rod on their shirt. Right, before it was cool. Yeah, when they were still playing fair parks and rodeos. Yeah. And doing Taco Bell commercials. Right, whatever they could do. Yeah. 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 So, you know, people don't know that these guys' careers have peaks and valleys. They think they're just gods the whole time. Mm -hmm. You plow through and it kind of evens out, hopefully, and you make a hopefully, living Hopefully, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, I got to drop this to you. So you, one of your early gigs is you went on tour and opened for one of my all-time favorite bands, Social Distortion. Yeah. And how often do we talk about Social Distortion on Cape Pig Radio? Really? Well, <laughs> I mean, you, really, you should, because Mike is... He's a country guy. Well, and Mike is also a free-thinking... Uh, kind of left-leaning very yeah he's he been would a, fit he's, very well at k-pig radio yeah actually. he's been a vegetarian forever you yeah. know he woke up one day and said i mean for being as tough and marlo brandon-esque as he is mm -hmm. he's uh we we have very similar uh kind you of know, political and actually, i've got both things. of his kind of like really twangy punky country albums and they would they would fit they're good well, he was playing ring of fire in 79 when I first saw them, so we were, we were actually, if you're listening at home, we were nerding out about music, so we'll go off on a tangent here. First time I saw Neil Young, there was this band opening up, and it was, it was an amphitheater. Yeah. And I looked down, and I go, that band's doing like a Ramones version of Ring of Fire. Who is it? And it was, it was, it was Social Distortion. I, I just yeah. found my new favorite band. Yeah, man. So that's his I mean, roots. Yeah, I mean, and that's what punk rock's supposed to be about, you know. Uh, um, Joe Strummer's a big guy for me i went and saw joe strummer when i was a kid mm -hmm. the clash changed my life right you know i but people don't realize you know you could still be into like neil young and 70 singer songwriters like jackson brown gordon lightfoot and still like um you know crank up uh the clash yeah you know? it, there's no rules yeah and uh people kind of you know they get lost in their uniforms is what happens you know probably yeah you know, they got oh that guy has long hair and that guy but you know let's face it man if you're into art and you're into music you're probably all kind of voting in in the same way you know what i mean yeah like, it's, it's, it's it all counterculture stuff man. yeah yeah and it's good to have a variety of sound influence like like Lori roberts called me yesterday at home to take care of some web stuff and and i didn't have cape because we listen to it, i go ACDC Power Age, their best, their best record. She's like, that's cool. <laughs> but I had Keep Pig on all day. So this is a good segue to your new record, Mixtape Volume 1, which if you have just the art direction, it looks, it's got a, it's got a mixed, it's got a cassette tape on the front. And, and we have it in cassette tape as I, well. How are the cassettes selling? 
They're doing great, man. We sell them to people who drive to the gigs in hoopties, you know, oh, like nice. old, old 90s cars that have cassettes. Right. I, mean, I got an old pickup truck that has a cassette in it. And, <laughs> yeah, I saw know. it's on CD, vinyl, I think white vinyl and cassette. Yeah. yeah. And the inside artwork has it on reel to reel, which is pretty cool. But we were talking about just you can be cool and listen to like current stuff, but you can still be cool and listen to some of the artists. You, Gordon Lightfoot's on here. El we, I just played an Elton John song that you did. I mean, you you cover a lot of '70s artists on this that, that covers several genres. Well, the, the, my older brother and sister, you know, my, my older hippie sister, who you know, I, I've heard Henry Rollins say one time, "Dude, we had to go see." Kiss and Aerosmith because there was no punk rock bands then. Oh, you're touring. right. You're right. So my sister was before all that stuff. So she was at you know the college with the hippies and the big bells and and I was listening to like the Faces do Country Comfort with Rod Stewart just singing right. living you know what out of it. Right, right, right. Um, and plus I'm just I love all music, man. I'm a student of music. Yeah, and, and you should. It's, it's like if you you know, and if you're a writer, you should read a lot of different types of books. Absolutely, yeah, same thing. Yeah. So how's the new record doing? The cassettes are selling well. Well, it's crazy. <laughs> we entered the uh, country Billboard chart uh, for the first time ever at 28, and then we're like 19 on the Americana nice. Billboard chart. And I've never had, you know, I mean, I've always been kind of a DIY, mm -hmm. do, you know, out of the corporate mainstream. Right. So this is all kind of uh, new. It's a new thing going on. I just think the idea of making a mixtape is kind of a DIY thing anyway. So yeah, having it as an album concept kind of fits you, I think, too. It does. And, mm. you know, let's be honest, man. We did it to impress girls. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, we would like say, and if she, and if she didn't get it, but she was still hot, you would go, I just, I don't know. I can't. Yeah, if you don't like yeah, these songs, it was kind of a litmus test. It doesn't test. matter how <laughs> good yeah. you look, man. If you don't like. You, you don't like I mean? the Elton John song? Yeah, I don't yeah, know if we can yeah. really. I don't hang know if we out. can go to Dairy Queen together. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I, well, we, I, we're talking about I have a song called Mixtape, and I, I wrote that song because I was cleaning out the closet one day, and I found like a pile of like 30 mixtapes I made, <laughs> I made for my wife. I'm like, all right, this is the thing. So Yeah, you it, made them for your, for your gal. I did, you know, and it actually, the, the term mixtape is kind of like e ticket. It's one of those terms that's. <laughs> th they're not really tapes anymore, but they still refer to like mixes as mixtapes. Yeah, it's very um, time sensitive. Mm -hmm. You know, you say mixtape, and it immediately brings back, you know, those cassettes. And I remember going to the beach, and we would have, you know, I mean, I the thing about me was I grew up in a town where punk rock never hit. Rock and roll would come through, mm -hmm. but like you know, new wave or alternative music or indie rock, none of that stuff ever came to my hometown. But seven nights a week. You had the biggest country superstars in the world selling out. And which, which town was this? This was Beaumont, Texas. Because you were Texas, Louisiana kind of. Yeah, right right there on the border. You know, grew up around a bunch of Zydeco bands, right. and but you know, so Friday night we might go see Johnny Paycheck and uh, David Allen Coe, and then Saturday we would hop over to Houston and go see you know whoever it was, right? You know, right. Uh, Jackson Brown or. ZZ Top or yeah. and it's uh, good to straddle both sides like out here country wasn't really because this is years before K but country wasn't really in my generation wasn't like ex wasn't like a big you know so it was like yeah. it was like you know ACDC and those bands and punk never really hit even though even we found it but then now with right. when K came along it's like oh 
this is cool. This it's is, wide open. It's wide open. Yeah, you know? and it kind of cool. hit. It kind of hits everything. You are uh, defending yourself from your corporate masters, your <laughs> corporate overlords, man. <laughs> I left. Is... I left my corporate masters in March. This is a much nicer gig. But oh, yeah, exactly. Absolutely, it's called happiness. You know? Exactly. That's what's going on in the country right now. It's like, you know. It's like that Gordon Gecko thing. Greed is good. Well, it's not good. We're finding out it's not working out. And then if everybody can get a little piece of the pie, then we'll probably treat each other a lot better. Just be nice to each other, and you yeah. don't need it all for yourself. Yeah. You really don't. How yeah. much do you really need, anyway? I, exactly. And moving on. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it's great. So why don't, we, why don't we actually, there goes my headset. Live radio sounds just like this. Why don't we play a track off this new record? We'll do a couple of commercials, and then we'll, we'll, we'll nerd out a little bit and talk about right the show. Let's quiet those piggies down. I know they go away eventually. <laughs> so we're here with Jesse Dayton. We've been talking about music and the new CD, Mixtape Volume 1. He'll be with The Blasters tonight at the Siren in Morro Bay. So, so let's talk about horror movies. <laughs> Sure. How'd what you, a segue. What a segue. We we have a little minim, minim, minimal amount of time, so <laughs> let's just jump right to How did you meet Rob Zombie? I think people know this other side of you than what you do, which is really, really cool. Well, I, uh, I, first thing, I didn't know anything about Rob. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't appreciate Rob's music, but it's just not my world. No, not at all. And, it's not um, 70 sensitive songwriters. No. It's not quite. It's not <laughs> tight, quite Twain country. Yeah, no, no, it's none of that stuff. And um, so he called me out of nowhere and said, uh, "Hey, I got a copy of your record, and we're making the ultimate white trash horror movie, and we think <laughs> your music would be perfect." And it was. Um, <laughs> so you know, I did this. He flew me out to L.A. and we like were hanging out at the Chateau Marmont, all this kind of you know Hollywood kind of BS that right. you know guys like me never enter that world. Right, right. And uh, so, in, in long and short of it, is I ended up doing three movies with Rob, mm -hmm. and this, I did two soundtracks, and then he put me in the film, and then we did some music for an animated film. We did. Mm -hmm. I was part of the Halloween franchise. Right, which, the reboot. Yeah, yeah which the is the first like, reboot or whichever reboot number. Yeah, it's the track. biggest uh, horror movie franchise in history. Right. Um, little did I know every time I walked into a CVS or Walgreens, some little kid was going to go, Hey, are you Captain Clay? I know, you're Captain Clay. Yeah. Um, were, were, they, were, they, were they happy to see you or frightened of you? Oh, no, they were happy. Okay, good. good. Yeah, they're happy. Um, but. And then that, you know, led me on this whole thing where I, you know, I started taking parts in movies as the, like, the white trash biker. Or, <laughs> um, and then I wrote a script. And since I was in this movie with Rob's did with Malcolm McDowell, uh, some people got the script to Malcolm McDowell. And I ended up writing and directing this film called Zombex. Oh, right. And, right, right. yeah, and it starred... Uh, Check out this crazy B-movie cast. We had uh, Malcolm McDowell, Sid Haig, John Doe from X, Tom Araya, the singer for Slayer, uh, <laughs> Kinky Friedman. Wow. Yeah. Um, Corey Feldman was in it. Really? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen this. I got a, yeah, I got yeah, a, yeah. I got a thing for zombies. It's a, kind so of I cult, gotta, yeah. it's a cult following thing. It's like a Roger Corman kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, goofy thing. And it's, uh, but it's, you know, and I, but I wrote and directed it and, uh, 
and so that you know for about six years i just did all these movie projects and and uh it was crazy how fun and the first rob zombie film I forget, i'm forgetting the name it's the uh, devil's reject yeah and it's i'm just picturing you going to like the swanky hollywood hotel or a lobby and you're and you're you're making this film that looks like really not cheesy but like grainy grainy 70s exploitation horror film yeah i mean we just wrote there me and my friend lou temple who's Mm -hmm. a a actor yeah and that's how i met rob was through lou and lou's uh he's a lou was uh the character axel in walking dead so the listeners who watch walking dead will know lou from that but lou's been in everything nice and we kind of grew up together and we're we're buddies so how cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool stuff. Yeah. And um, Zombex is the other one? Yeah, Z-O-M-B-X. So you actually directed that. Yeah, I wrote and directed it. It's on uh, Amazon. All right. It's a ridiculous little uh, Harvey Corman, or Harvey Corman, Roger <laughs> Corman. With Tim Conway. Well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carol Burnett's in it, too. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's Roger Corman. We are um, nerding out. Yeah, we are. Yeah, but I like all that stuff, man. I, I know. Mean, well, I it, it just kind of fits your. It fits what you. I think it all just kind of blends together with what you do. I think it's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, like, at some point, you know, especially when you get older, you realize, man, I have to be myself. Be my, be myself. You know, life's too uh, short not to do it. Yeah. Well, uh, everyone else is taken, kind of thing. That's you know good. what I mean? That's good. Let me ask you too, because you're you're you. you tend to spat out things that sound like really good song ideas when did you start writing because you were a guitar player first right yes well i always wrote songs too. okay okay yeah as soon as i started playing guitar i met this guy named granville cleveland he's african-american guy who had played with johnny and edgar winter's white trash band Mm -hmm. Um, johnny and edgar winter grew up two blocks from me in beaumont texas so i met him in colorado and then he showed me the three haze he showed me Hey, Good Looking by Hank Williams. <laughs> hey, Hey, My, My by Neil Young. That's good. And Hey, Joe by Hendrix. Yeah. And those hey, the Jude, first... hey, Jude wasn't... No, before. Hey, Jude could have been in there, yeah. but that's a piano song. That's true. Um, but yeah, as soon as I picked it up, I started writing because, yeah. you know, I, I was a... I was a reader, too. So. Yeah, so you you're, you were a word guy, too. Yeah, I was a word guy, guitar. and, you know, um, reminds me of that... Bill Hicks joke. He's not, you know, you're sitting there reading in the, in the uh, pancake house, and they, the, the lady asks, not what are you reading, why? Why are you reading? reading? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Hicks, talk about gone too soon. He was brilliant. Yeah, Houston guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really, really ahead of the curve. Find him on Netflix if you don't know who Bill Hicks is. Yeah. So I, I got to share. I got a text from Lawyer Roberts, our, our fearless leader, and she says, he is gush worthy. The guy has done so much. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, well, cool. I, you know, I would like to take, uh, you know, any kind of credit for it, but it's just w- the way things have happened. And yeah. uh, well, you've worked at it. it didn't ju- it? Didn't just happen. You work. Yeah. You've been working at it your entire life. So. I have. I mean, I work, you know, relentlessly. Yeah. And um, but you know, it, it's also, uh, you know, all of this stuff is just relationships. You mm-hmm. know, it's just meeting people and. I think you work if you work if you work hard and you're nice to people. Yes. You kind of make your own good luck. Yeah. You know? Well, my politics are don't be a jerk. Right. I, I have a stronger word for that, but that's that's yeah. kind of how I it's approach it. It's a D word, I think. It's an A word. Two, oh, two the A word. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Not FCC friendly, but you're you're smart at home. You can figure <laughs> it out. So we could we could just nerd out all day, but I want to talk about the record one more time. We talked about um we were actually we were talking about Cheap Trick before this started, and yeah. you said that um. 
I love we were talking trick. about. I just played with Cheap Trick in England. Wow. Yeah, we played with Cheap Trick in England. Lurie's right. You're gushworthy. Yeah, and I had seen them. Um, you know, I've seen them 17 times, and only two times were they headlining. And tell me what Billy Joe from Green Day told you. Well, Billy Joe from Green Day told me that if there was no Cheap Trick, there would be no Green Day. Yeah. And people don't realize because Cheap Trick really was responsible for a lot of that post pop punk or power. Pop right, they stuff. came on kind of like towards the end of yeah, punk they're, before they're new, and huge it, Beatles nerds. Right, they're the harmonies, and they, 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 they and they didn't go new wave. They kind of stayed with the pop thing. They yeah. totally did, and you know because of Rick Nielsen's super raw, unorthodox, non-technical mm-hmm. guitar approach. There's a whole kind of just super you know crazy rock and roll vibe to right. it and it holds up now it's still great music oh man yeah. I, I love that band yeah. i really do um and dax the the drummer who's you know bunny just didn't want to do the road anymore and now dax neil's kid or, right yeah yeah that's right he's, he's great nice good stuff um so the new record is called mixtape volume one and again you cover we talked about this. So you covered people like The Clash and The Cars and ZZ Top, but you also covered some 70s songwriters, and you were saying it's good to straddle both. And, and people like Gordon Lightfoot sometimes, I think K-Pig listeners know how cool he is, but I think some of those early 70s songwriters kind of get like overlooked, I think. Well, it, you know, it's kind of like they get talked, like people get in certain circles will talk about how not, they're not cool or right. whatever. You know, it's you know, it's like, oh man, I can't listen to Joni Mitchell and be a Ramones fan, like because these people with these uniforms, mm-hmm. you know, and I know the importance of uniforms, but I can also see through uniforms, right? You know, whether it's a guy with long hair or a guy with a pompadour or a guy, whatever it is, you know, but and that know. can be back into the political discussion. We won't go there again. We, we know where we sit. No, no, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's like it's okay to like you know a bunch of different stuff. You know, yeah. and, it's and healthy. It totally is. And like, like I went and saw Gordon Lightfoot in concert um, last year, mm-hmm. and he looked like he looked so cool. He he's like a million years old, right? They're right. all super old guys, and. They played this huge place, 3,000 seater, sold out in Austin. And then in the middle of it, they laid their guitars on the backs of their amp. They didn't have guitar stands. Mm. They were like, oh, we're going to take a 15-minute break. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they come, you know what I mean? It's like a set in a club. Yeah, nice. And um, I'll tell you, this is the big thing about songwriters. So... I got to play with Waylon Jennings, and Waylon mm. Jennings was a big, um, you know, people don't realize Neil Young wrote one of his biggest hits, Are You Ready for the Country? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I know people, the Neil and, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, James Taylor wrote Bartender Blues for George Jones. Okay. So they people think that these guys were riding around and beat up pickup trucks listening to hank senior 24 7. right but really what they were doing was listening to jackson brown and all these you know because they was were the keeping 70s. an eye on who was writing and what was yes, going on yes they were looking for songs that they can interpret themselves uh-huh. and which is what you've done i'm going to push what you've done on this volume this mixtape volume one these all sound like jesse dayton well thanks man yeah. i was trying to make a record like mine but yeah so thank you yeah absolutely well, thanks for having me. Too. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. So, again, have you been to Morabay before? Have you gone? I've never been, but I hear it's 
really it's beautiful yeah, and you want really i want great. i want to get you down there early because there's this, this mora rock it's this big giant rock we're just off the surf so you want to get down there and hang out a little bit so yeah. jesse and his band and the blasters will be at the siren tonight their last night together on this tour yeah. big deal if you're in morro bay slo go see jesse tonight the siren and uh, I th thanks for thanks for hanging. We, we thanks, could, brother. We thanks could, for having me. We could we could talk for like three hours and just talk about liner <laughs> notes from obscure <laughs> '70s songwriters and punk rockers. But yeah. uh, next time, Jesse Dayton. Thanks again. And speaking of mixtape volume one, and speaking of great '70s singer songwriters, here's Jesse's take on a classic Jackson Brown song here in the big. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> 